Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. It's the Women's Hoops and Talks podcast, where we are elevating the voice of women in basketball. I'm Tara, and I'm here with Kendall, and we're going to dive right in, because even though the NBA has taken the week off, there is still tons to talk about. Kendall, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I am pretty good. Now, I understand that you've been really busy the last couple of weeks being down in Los Angeles and mm-hmm. um, being around the All-Star Break activities. I'm wondering if you could share any of the things that you got to participate in, in the last in, over All-Star Weekend. Yeah. So, unfortunately, um, it is not in my budget to pay for the actual game or any of those events because, um, as a lot of people know, those tickets are sometimes thousands of dollars, um, especially being in LA. So unfortunately I didn't get to go to any of those, but what I was able to go to is, um, I was able to get some free tickets to some other events. So, uh, this was not really all-star related, but on Wednesday, um, before the weekend started, I went to Jimmy Kimmel live and Charles Barkley was on. Um, so I went to see him. So it was kind of the lead up to all-star weekend. Um, so that was fun. That was where he told the story, which was all over ESPN and everything, um, that he played um, a game drunk one time. And yeah, so that was where he told that story. And so that was a lot of fun. Um, then the next day, I went with a couple coworkers. We got tickets to um, the Inside the NBA Roadshow. So that was basically at the Staples Center. They set up, there was a ton of like, there's a three-point contest. There was all this different stuff for like fans. And um, inside the NBA, which is obviously Charles Barkley, um, Shaq, Kenny Smith, and Ernie Johnson, they do for All-Star um, Weekend, they do a road show. So they travel to where it's ever, wherever it's at and do their show live. And so I got to go see that. I have, a, I have a question about that. So when they are filming that show, like, do they keep talking during commercial breaks and stuff like that? I mean, do they just like keep it rolling? Are those guys on all the time? Um, the cameras are not rolling, but they definitely still, um, are talking. Some, sometimes they, it depends kind of how, um, the conversation ended. So sometimes if it was conversation, you could tell like they were still kind of talking about it. They would keep it going and, um, probably were a lot more, uh, not TV appropriate (laughs) during the commercial breaks. Um, 
saying things that probably would would have gotten them in trouble on TV. But um, yeah, and then sometimes they were a little more relaxed, like they would take a break and you could tell they were more just like, they would kind of talk to each other, but it was more just like casual conversation. Um, I don't know if you saw, but a lot of people saw as they, because Shaq and uh, Chuck always get into it on the show. They always argue and they got into it during the live show. And um, when they went to commercial break there, that definitely kept going after the commercial break. So we definitely saw that they they kept going even when the cam- cameras were not running. Yeah, otherwise, uh, it was just like they did their pregame show and then there was a viewing party of the Lakers-Timberwolves game. And then they did the um, halftime show and then they did postgame show. Yeah, that was a lot of fun because they're they're my favorite. I watch them so every time. So Charles else. Barkley two nights in a row. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. So Saturday, um, I went with a couple friends and we went down. This was kind of disappointing. Um, so we went down right by the Staples Center. Um, there's the Spalding store, so like the basketball uh, company, and they actually had an event where uh, Chris Paul, Demar Derozan, and Damian Lillard were all there, and they were kind of going in and out throughout the day. Um, it wasn't really like there wasn't a set time they were going to be there. So we, that was the all-star game practice that day. So we were like, okay, we'll go after the practice, give them a little bit of time. That's probably when, like, I know Chris Paul was there in the morning cause he wasn't an all-star game, but, um, DeRozan and Dame, they were going to be coming after their practice. So we're like, okay, we'll like wait and go after and by the time we got there, they said that they had just left like 20, 30 minutes before, uh, which is kind of disappointing. But they, I guess, had like a 2K battle mm-hmm. um, in front of everyone. I just, Damien won. So that's fun. Naturally. But yeah. <laughs> um, but that would have been fun because obviously those are, as I've talked about on here, those are my two favorite players. So that would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. And then we did, um, they had in the back room, they had a photo or they had a green screen set up and then you could take a photo on it. And it was like, you were on the front of a slam magazine cover. So that was fun. So we got like those, but um, yeah, that was pretty like low key. We drove by the Staples center on the way there and they were having an event um, with like Kevin Hart was hosting. Like it was a Mountain Dew kickstart event. Kevin Hart was hosting it. Um, We saw uh, like Russell Westbrook was standing up this. We could like see him from a distance, but that was about it. The next day was probably my favorite thing is I went with a couple friends to a Bleacher Report event, or event which was uh, on the Santa Monica Pier, which was super cool. And they had, um, they had a celebrity game, which was kind of lackluster. The celebrities weren't really like people anyone knew. But then they had like a dunk contest. And that was also kind of lackluster, but it was still kind of fun. Um, and they had like celebrity judges, which it was like a guy who got drafted last year who I don't even remember who it was. It was someone who like no one knows his name. And then Brandon Jennings was one of the judges. So it was like player. Um, it's kind of cool. But then um, they had like a campus DJ battle and Andre Drummond was there and he was the guest judge. And uh, they were giving away like free food and there's like a JBL three point contest going on and all that. And then Jaden Smith had a concert afterwards. So that was kind of an interesting event, but it was a lot of fun. 
That's cool. Well, so my question for you is after having been there, I mean, you started off talking about how actual tickets to the actual game were so outrageously expensive that fans like can't really even go unless they yeah. have very deep pockets. So after having been there, did you get the feeling that the whole weekend was more about the players or for the fans or about like the corporate sponsors? I mean, who do you think, who was the main audience for All-Star Weekend? Um. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of hard to say. Um, I think that it's interesting because I know players always say as as much of an honor it is to be there and how it is kind of fun. It's a very stressful weekend because they're nonstop. They don't – it's more they say their family enjoys it more than they do. Um, so I think definitely it's not really for the players. Um, I think that it definitely is more catered towards fans um, – and I think that's why they do so many of those free events because they know so many fans can't go to the game because of how expensive it is. Um, but they also, there was a lot of events that they put on that I didn't go to. So they also had like an NBA crossover event, which was at the Staples Center. And there was obviously all of these events, players kind of filter in and out throughout the day. Um, so a lot of the players made appearances at that. And that was very similar to the event I went to with the inside the NBA roadshow where it was the same location. There was all the there's contests and different things like that. Um, so that's basically what that was. And then um, they had all of the Mountain Dew kickstart stuff, which was like the Kevin Hart event. They did that multiple days. And so they, and a lot of that was he would interview players and um, players would have, would compete against each other and different things. So I think in that sense, it was catered towards the fans because there were so many events that were free that fans could go to. And you still had to get tickets, but it was like the tickets were free. So it was just first come, first serve for these free tickets, basically. Um, And there were thousands of tickets available for each event. So um, I think that it was interesting in the sense of it's supposed to be for kind of the players, but it, it is more towards the fans. But then as far as like sponsoring things, like everything is sponsored. All the players, they have to go to these events for like to help these companies because this is how they're getting their money. And so, I mean, I think ideally, I think it is primarily catered towards fans. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still a business. So <laughs> So it sounds like even if you don't have a ticket to one of the marquee events, the slam dunk contest, you know, the all-star game itself, you can still have a lot of fun as a fan there without having to break the bank. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I had a lot of fun. I didn't pay any money to go to anything. So, um, yeah. Free is a very good price. As exactly. Yeah. Used to say. <laughs> well, let's move on and just uh, touch on how the events went, because I know everybody's been talking about them nonstop because there isn't a lot of other things to talk about during the all-star break, but I'm wondering how, what you thought about, let's say, what do you think about the game? I really enjoyed the game actually. Um, I thought that obviously having that new system added a little bit, um, it made it more competitive because now people, especially like Steph and LeBron, they had it. They had this idea of, well, I picked these people, so I want to prove that I'm like I chose the better team. So I think that there was a little more ego involved in that. They were also playing for money for charities. Um, I think that definitely helped because they wanted to get money for their charity. But yeah, I mean, I think obviously it's still an all-star game, 
they're not going to go 100% because they don't want to get injured for the regular season. And that's like that's completely fair. I don't think they should be going 100%, but I think they did exactly right. From the beginning, they were playing harder, but they weren't playing 100%. And then when they got to that fourth quarter, they were playing very hard. So, and that's exactly how it should be. It should never be 100%, but it should you should be just like a real game. That fourth quarter should get a lot more intense. Um, and you could definitely tell they wanted to win it. In the past, they don't really care about winning, and now they wanted to win it. Uh, as far as Steph Curry goes, I don't think he really cared about winning it, uh, but obviously he's been getting a lot of heat for that, and I think that's kind of well-deserved. I think especially when you're playing for charities and then you don't even try to win the game. Uh, and you're sitting on the sideline eating popcorn and doing all that, I think that's kind of like, especially with the charity aspect, I think that's kind of disrespectful to the charity. Um, but then also disrespectful to the game of they're saying fans want to see you play hard. Fans are tired of this type of stuff. We want a real game. And then he didn't even try. So as far as that goes, that frustrated me. Um, also a little bit biased, but also I think that this is kind of valid. Um, I think that they made a wrong decision with the, the lineup at the end they put Steph Curry and James Harden back in which ideally yeah they're the starters they're the people who everyone say are the best point guards yet the most successful lineup in that game was when they were out when they were not on the floor is when they were playing the best the most successful starting or the most successful lineup that was out there for team Steph was it when it was DeMar DeRozan Damian Lillard uh, Kyle Lowry, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, and Draymond Green. That was the most successful lineup they had. And that's when they were scoring the most points. The two top scorers in the game, besides LeBron, were Damian Lillard and DeMar DeRozan. So you must have been so excited. <laughs> yeah. So when they're, so when they pull people out who are taking the game seriously because those those players were taking it very seriously Kyle Lowry was taking it very seriously Draymond and Kat were taking it seriously Steph and James Harden were not really taking it seriously so when they get put back in just because they were the starters they got put back in and they were ahead by 12 points and then they ended up losing so not to say that they would have won but I think it would have been it would have been a lot more competitive at the end. It was still very competitive, but it was, they lost a 12 point lead over the course of five minutes. Obviously D'Antoni did not get the memo about Lillard time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he didn't know about that, but, but also it's so, you know, it really fits into the, you know, Damien not getting the respect and the recognition that, you know, that he deserves fits really well into that whole narrative. And that whole narrative seems to really fuel him. So I'm not that mad about it. And he actually played a lot more than I thought he would. And I'm mm -hmm. super happy about that. I thought it was really, you know, with four minutes left in the um, first, Damian Lillard comes in and gets an assist and it's one for two, you know, <laughs> and yeah. then he'd get another four minutes, you know, in the second half. So I was excited that he really got to play because in, in the past there's been a lot of, uh, mm -hmm. I w I'm not going to say disrespect because I don't know that it's that so much as just that people aren't as aware of like who the people from Portland are when they get in the game. So yeah. um, it was nice to yeah. see that he got recognition as somebody who could play. And uh, so I have to confess that I was pretty much watching the Olympics all weekend, <laughs> but one of the, the highlight for me is the image burned into my head of uh, Kevin Durant and LeBron double teaming stuff. That was just, 
I don't know why that makes yeah. me so happy, <laughs> but just that the idea of that ever um, being a situation that would ever happen was just like kind of glorious <laughs> Yeah, for just a minute. <laughs> Uh, did you have any thoughts on the on the dunk contest? Did you watch any of that? I was actually kind of disappointed that Larry Nance Jr. didn't win. I think his dunk, I mean, obviously, I think Donovan Mitchell obviously had very strong dunks, but I think that the best dunk of the night was by far Larry Nance's last dunk. Um, his He double tapped the rim, which is, or the backboard, which is like ridiculously hard to do. And, um, I think that kind of shows the fault with the scoring process um, as far as the dunk contest goes, because they're giving all these people like, Oh, everyone gets tens. So then when something does some, when someone does something that's just beyond everything, it's like, Oh, well they're going to get the same score as someone who just did like a, a good dunk. Yeah. The judging is pretty generous. And I feel like they maybe don't have like a scoring rubric in front of them while they're judging. Yeah. You know, I listened to the, the Katie Nolan podcast, um, you know, sports mm-hmm. and uh, she was talking about how she was one of the coaches for the celebrity game. And she said that she basically got zero instruction. She was just basically like, go down there and coach. And she kind of thought that they were going to maybe like have a little meeting before and be like, okay, this is how you're going to go in. And then you're going to do this. And this is what's going to happen. But it was more like, okay, you're up. And she was like, what's going on? And so she commented about the dunk contest. She was thinking, and she, she wasn't sure if this was fact or not, but she was like, I don't know how much instructions those judges got before the judging contest. Yeah, And, you know, I've, I've judged in, uh, you know, it's not the same at all, but like I judge for uh, robotic high school robotics tournaments. And we have like these really complicated rubrics where it's like, this is what, you know, meeting this requirement is. And this is what meeting this requirement is. And then having watched the Olympics all weekend and, you know, watching actual judging, it made me wonder if, you know, maybe that might be some kind of thing that they could sort of implement in the dunk contest to make it more competitive and to make mm-hmm. it more like, no, these are the things that you have to do in order to fulfill and, you know, win the requirements. It might make it easier and avoid the just giving everybody 50s because we're all friends here, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, what they did differently this year, too, is usually they have um, retired players as the the judges. And this year they had celebrities, which I think was I, I understand why they did it. But at the same time, I think it was a terrible idea because it's not like the judges are talking. So it's not like, it's like, oh, well, these celebrities are going to attract people. It's like, no, anyone who's watching the All-Star game, if you have Shaq out there judging judging the dunk contest, he's going to get just as much attention as DJ Khaled, who was one of the judges. And the difference is that Shaq knows what he's talking about. So I think that they should have stuck with that. Um, I understand that they, over the years, they incorporate more and more celebrities, which I think to some degree is good, but I also think that there are certain aspects where they need to keep it to people who know what they're talking about. So when it's judged, they need to keep it to that. And if they had the caliber of celebrities in the the celebrity game as they d- did judging the dungeon, judging. then maybe more people would watch the celebrity game too. Like they typically they have one or two well-known celebrities in the celebrity game and then WNBA players, which is a whole different conversation. Right. I think <laughs> so dis- I think that's so disrespectful. Right. Um, we'll throw in a couple but, WNBA players and yeah. Yeah, because they're not real players. They're just celebrities. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, they had 
I mean, obviously this year, I think the celebrity game was um, better. It was more competitive because they had people like Justin Bieber, who is pretty well known for playing basketball all the time. He's very competitive. Yeah. So like, I think, and he brings in a lot of viewers. I think he was good. Obviously having Quavo, who's in Mijos, like, and he won MVP. Like he's very good. So I think those people were good, but then the rest of the roster is just like people you've never heard of. Yeah, you're like, what are you And doing? then they got, like, Paul Pierce out there, which I'm like, you just retired a year ago. You shouldn't be in this game. But I, know. I think we've had enough of Paul Pierce this year. I, I mean, I've I, had I have enough. much yeah. respect to him, much respect for him in his career, but I think we've had I'm enough. over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's wrap up the All-Star and move on because we have um, – like us, we're at the sprint. We're at the you know finish line here for the rest of the NBA season. And one of the things that I always worry about with the um, the All Star break is I, you know I'm, I'm always focused on Damian Lillard because he's my favorite. And so every time that he uh, didn't make it to the All Star break or All Star game, I was disappointed for him, but I was also really relieved that he would be rested. Mm-hmm. This year he came into the all-star break he was on an absolute tear and then he has a terrific all-star game and then he now continues to play really well so i don't know how much the, i i think that the they even though they still had to play and do a lot of activities i think a couple extra days of rest probably still does everybody really good um which mm-hmm. is super important because there's a lot there's there's not a lot of basketball to play but it's super important basketball especially especially for teams in the West and especially times a hundred for teams in the Northwest division. Yeah. The Northwest division right now is ridiculous. It's like all of them. I think if I remember correctly, I have to pull it up, but I think it's four of the five are within a, like a game and a half of each other, um, which is ridiculous as all the other conferences. It's like Golden state. And then the next team is yeah. like 10 games behind. Yeah, I have it right here. The The Northwest Division between the first and the fifth place is only four and a half games. And th- the, the, the three in the middle are within a half a game or tied. And the next, so there's four and a half games between uh, the Jazz and the Timberwolves right now. The next closest division, there's 15 and a half games between the first and the last. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's pretty, I mean, it, Honestly, like the divisions don't matter in basketball the way they do in like say football. Like football, the division matters a lot. Um, in basketball, it doesn't because it doesn't matter what division you're in. You're still in the conference. You're still going to make playoffs no matter what. You can have all five teams in one division make the playoffs. And that might happen this year. Yeah, and football doesn't work that way. Right. So when it comes to basketball, divisions don't matter as much. But I think it still is like an interesting thing to look at. Um, but kind of going back to what you said about uh, Dame is that he actually um, – a stat that I saw earlier is in the last five games, so this is including mm-hmm. um, the games before the All-Star break, he has 197 points between those five games, which is the most by any NBA player over the span it, of five games. Is it ever yeah. or is it just this season? Yeah. The one I'm looking at says ever, which I don't think is true. I'm pretty sure that it is – for Blazer and for a player this season, it's still an absolutely incredible stat. Yeah, I'd ever that's definitely not true. Yeah, but I also think I think what's interesting is people, the Blazers are kind of known the past few seasons to have a really mediocre season, and then after the All Star break, Dame gets snubbed and he comes back and just kind of blows everyone out. 
and they have a really great last 20 games. And I think that what's interesting is that even though, yeah, you can still kind of look at the Blazers season so far and say, yeah, it's been kind of mediocre. Um, It hasn't been amazing. It hasn't been bad. It's definitely been better than it has the past few years, but it still is kind of, it's on the higher end of mediocre. Yeah. He still is coming in and he's going, okay, he didn't get snubbed, but he's like, the the game last night, they were down by what I think it was 12 points, Mm -hmm. 15 in the fourth quarter. And they won, and he scored 19 points in the fourth quarter. And afterwards, he said it came down to who wanted to win more, and we need this right now. Somebody said I saw somebody say on Twitter about I think it might have been Casey Holdall, the beat reporter, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, but somebody said, you know, we always thought that Damian Lillard played so well right, you know, around All Star break because he was mad about being snubbed. Maybe Damian Lillard just really likes winter. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's a different type of motivation is before he was doing it as a, I want to prove to you why I should have made the game. And I think now, especially after things like the Russell Westbrook comments where he's like, oh, people only made it because they whined and all that. I think I think part of it is, yes, of course, his goal right now is to get as high as he can in the playoffs. But I think also in the back of his head, there is kind of part of him where he's like, I'm going to prove to you, I'm going to prove to everyone why I deserve to to be in that all-star game why I like why I was there why I need to continue to be there and why my team deserves to keep going and I think a big thing too that if you look at big media platforms like you see you hear people talking on shows and they're talking about MVP race Lillard is not mentioned in any of those um, but if you're looking purely at stats or not just the stats but if you're looking at stats and you're looking at comparing him to the rest of the team, what he's done to the team, what value he's brought to the team, he should be included in that because it's not who's the best player in the lead right now. It's who is the most valuable player to their team. And if you take Damian Lillard out of his team right now, none of we would not even be in the playoffs. We would be nowhere near the playoffs. You take other people off their teams, like you take someone like Kevin Durant off his team, it's not really going to hurt them a whole lot. You take James Harden off their team, yeah, they're not going to be as great, but then they still have Chris Paul to fall back on. So I think in a lot of ways, those people don't always deserve that. I think LeBron James, my argument is I still think he does deserve mm-hmm. that recognition because you take him off his team and his team's going to fall. So I think that's what I think that's one of the big things that people need to look at, and they don't look at that as much as they should it's like with Russell Westbrook everyone's saying oh well that was purely stats yes but if you took Russell Westbrook off of his team last year they would have not made the playoffs so yeah he did average a triple double that was his big reason for getting the MVP but if you took him off his team his team would have fallen apart so you have to look at both and right now in regards to that Damian Lillard needs to be in that MVP race I don't think he necessarily deserves to win it this year I mean I'd love to see that but I really I don't think he deserves it but I think he needs to at least be in the conversation and he's not you know this reminds me of what we were just talking about with the uh with the all-star judging um the all-star dunk contest judging because again MVP is a really important thing and I don't think that they have like any specific guidelines and exactly what they're spo- what folks are supposed to vote on. I mean, they're yeah. supposed to submit a name. They're, yeah. They aren't really given, I don't think, again, the rubric that says, according to, in your opinion, did this person meet these benchmarks, you know, or exceed them or whatever? And like, 
everybody has to make up their own. So it's another one of those things that's really subjective. And I, I, I totally agree that Damien should be in the conversation. And like I like also like you feel, I don't think that he's necessarily uh, could win it. Although, you know, the next 20 games, you never know, man. That guy, yeah. every time I think that he doesn't, he that he's like, you know, maxed out at his higher gear, it turns out that he has another one. And not even just a gear of like, level of play, but he steps it up again, even in just like his leadership ability um, and his ability to motivate and his ability to, you know, get other guys to get things done. Because even though, you know, that was a, uh, that comeback that he led last night against the Phoenix Suns was Mm -hmm. amazing. I mean, the other, the rest of the team stepped up at the same time. He didn't single-handedly, you know, cause those 24-second shot violations, those five-second inbounding Mm -hmm. violations, those, you know, he didn't single-handedly. And he, I think, you know, lifted everybody else up, too. It was amazing to see. That's something that he is so good at. He He's such a playmaker, and he is, people always say, it's the people around you. And so I think he really does that, and that's something that I think um, what is kind of when people talk about splitting up him and CJ as amazing as, as a player, CJ is as much as I love him. CJ's not a very good playmaker and he doesn't, he's not as good of being that leader and he's not, he's not going to be that person who's going to make everyone around him as good as Dame does. And I think that's why they need to stay together because they play off of each other. Dame helps make CJ the player that he is and he helps everyone else around them. I think that CJ probably could handle his own team and would be a really good leader on another team, but I don't, that doesn't mean I want him to go away, (laughs) but I really do think that he has a a lot of those qualities because if he didn't, he wouldn't know when to step back and let Damien be the leader. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, I don't know. That's, that's a a debate for a whole nother time. Let's write that down to talk about that, you know, leadership and who can have their own team and everything like that. Cause we've gone really long. We found tons of things to talk about. So like we talked about, I was very busy the last week and because of All-Star Weekend, so I didn't get a chance to, a chance to help out with the interview this time. Um, so Tara, can you tell me a little bit about kind of what that interview was like and who you interviewed this week? Yeah, I had a really great conversation with a couple of women. One, uh, so Rakea Gibson and Angela Spears, they are the co-hosts of a podcast called Black Girls Talk Sports. And they talked about how the podcast got started and why they chose to make it centered on black women. They, uh, We talked about a whole variety of topics. We didn't really just stick to basketball because there was just so much to talk about. So we talked about the Winter Olympics. We did talk about the All-Star Game. I'm pretty sure LeBron James came up one or two times. We um, they were really interested in um, female basketball coaches. They are um, really excited to find to figure out when is a woman going to be a coach on an NBA team. So we talked a little bit about that, um, and then we just talked about some of the other stories and topics that they got a lot of feedback on that they covered on their podcast. So without waiting any longer, here is my talk with Rakea Gibson and Angela Spears of Black Girls Talk Sports Podcast. Rikea and Angela, thank you so much for joining us today. I'd like to start off with the first question for you, Rikea, um, and tell us a little bit about yourself and how Black Girls Talk Sports got started. Okay, hey, Tara, thanks for having us on. Um, I am a freelance writer living in Virginia, and I... Grew up in the Midwest, the Midwest girl, 
And it's so funny that um, sports, you know, sports is a big deal in the Midwest. Um, And so I was thinking about when I was young, how I wanted to be a, a sports announcer, but there was no females on television at the time. And when I was trying to brainstorm a podcast idea, I was like, oh, I don't know. And I kind of dabbled in podcasting a little bit on a different topic. But I, I'd searched for other women who were actually talking sports. And I really thought, let me find some other Black women who are talking sports. And I didn't find any uh, that exclusively were talking sports. They were talking sports and pop culture and some other things combined. And so I was just like, how about Black Girls Talk Sports? And I love the name. We did a search and I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to do this. <laughs> I was like, um, and I was like, and I'm going to do this as a hobby. And so, you know, I started out and I was like, oh, but I, I you know, I wanted a guest and I invited Angela on to, be, to become a guest. And Angela was a guest on several shows. And I'm like, um, I think we should just make you a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> because, mm-hmm. you know, we had a, a great chemistry and I've known Angela since college. And so, you know, totally love her. And I was like, this, we're going to make this work. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just kind of the quick and dirty. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So Angela, um, when you came on board, like, what did it mean to you to become involved in a project like this? Yes. Well, first of all, I'm always going to be supportive of my friend and and her endeavors. And like Rakea said, when she had me join as co-host, it was fun uh, and it, it was natural because I've always loved sports. I, uh, I'm originally from Louisville, Kentucky. And if you're familiar, if you follow college sports, I mean, it's a pretty big deal in the state of Kentucky. Um, I grew up loving the Louisville Cardinals. We call it Louisville. I guess we get lazy with, with how we pronounce our city, but I've always followed Louisville, the Louisville Cardinals, uh, men's basketball, and it's just something that's in our DNA, I think, in the state of Kentucky. And then I also went to Indiana University, where college basketball, men's basketball is huge. Uh, Rakan and I went there during the Bobby Knight era. So that was pretty exciting. And then, it's uh, you know, I have two big brothers and a father who loves sports. So, you know, it was just something we did as a family and something that my family who doesn't even some who don't even still live in Louisville still love the Louisville Cardinals and live and breathe, particularly basketball. As I got older, I started to love football even more. And I married somebody who used to play football as well. So I just became a lover of sports all the way around. And um, it's just a pleasure to be able to join Rakea every week uh, to chat with my friend, first of all. And second of all, just to talk about something we're both passionate about. So it's a lot of fun. I was glad she invited me to, to join her. That's awesome. I mean, it sounds like you both grew up in communities that were like really steeped in sports and in families where sports was a big deal. You know, in the Midwest, Indiana, like you mentioned, and then Kentucky, huge basketball areas. Um, what do you how do you both describe like when people that, you know, like friends maybe who aren't into sports? How do you describe to them what sports means to you? Like, what do you get out of sports that uh, you'd like to share with people? Well, for me, so my love of sports have has changed over the years. It's gone up and down. But, you know, when I 
when I grew up, you know, you, you had one television, which I'm really dating myself, <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I grew up with all the greats, you know, and so, and then having now have done this podcast for a year, um, I really, I talk about it. People are actually surprised that I even know anything about sports, but for me, sports, first and foremost, sports for me is entertaining. Um, it's also, it gives me an opportunity to engage in conversations with people and one of the things that I love about Black Girls Talk Sports, we talk all things sports. And so it gives it gives listeners and other people an opportunity to um, hear about all sorts of sports that they may not have considered. We do, you know, partly education, partly awareness, and, and just encouraging people and inspiring people. And so sports has taken on a whole different meaning since I've been doing the podcast. And what I love about it is I'm learning and growing with the podcast. And so I have such a, a great respect for um, pe- athletes and, and, and for everyone who participates and put it on each week or each day and, and people's levels of a c- commitment. Like before, you know, you're just like, yeah, it's entertaining, but now it's so much more and having the opportunity to interview people and to really pay attention to their stories has made an impact on me because I'm like, you know, as we've been watching the Olympics, I'm like, people have uh, changed their lives and, com- and made a commitment to being the greatest in skiing or being the greatest in, in uh, you know, snow snowboarding. And I'm just like, that says something about people's characters when you're 17 and <laughs> you have, you know, your friends who are like going to the mall and you're like, no, you know, and, and I'm so inspired by other athletes. And so I like to share that with other people. Whereas before I probably would not, I just would have sat back and thought of it as, oh, I'm being entertained and it's great, but it has evolved so much. And I'm so proud that, you know, women have came to the forefront and, and people are appreciating us a little bit more <laughs> as we talk about it and as we participate. Awesome. Here, here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, Angela. <laughs> yes. Um, a lot, I'd say a lot of um, what I would say to others that inspires me about um, sports is similar to what Rakea said. But for, first, it's, uh, it is very entertaining. It's, it's so fun, especially when you follow a team or you follow certain players. Depending on the sport, I, I follow both teams and players. And, you know, for me, l- let's take the example of me following a player. It's inspiring to really uh, see their story. To be, to compete in athletics, you have to not only have physical ability, but also mental ability to thrive at the professional level or even at the college level. I mean, you you have to have something within you that says, you know, I'm going to compete and I'm going to win. And that's very inspiring to me to watch. Um, I don't know if some of your listeners watch 30 for 30 or some of the documentaries on ESPN, where there's a lot of inspiring stories that are shared behind sports. Even when you watch the Olympics, for instance, as Vikay was saying, you hear how people got to the Olympics and what it took to get there and what they had to get through, whether it's injury or a tough uh, life. It's just very inspiring. And then to see people win, I feel like I'm winning when I watch people win. It's yes. just so exciting. <laughs> and even like... Um, 
you know, it's, I, I love all kinds of different sports. We talked, I just mentioned the Olympics, but even when you look at football, um, you see people shine in college and then the NFL combine is going to be coming up very soon. And then you see, you know, those top athletes doing their things, you know, uh, showing their athletic performance. And then you see them drafted in the NFL draft. And it's just like, you see their dreams come true. And it's just like, oh my gosh, wow. It's very inspiring. So those are the, those are the reasons that sports inspires me. And again, as Rakea said, it gives you something to talk about. You can find something in common with a lot of different people just by simply following sports and liking sports. I mean, there's, especially in corporate America, <laughs> I work right. in corporate America and, you know, I could just mention, Hey, so-and-so, or Hey, Steve, or did you watch the game? And it's like, you immediately have something to talk about and it's just fun. Yeah. You bring up a, a point that is really important to me is the, uh, because sports is really, it's very accessible to really anybody who wants to, you know, turn on the TV or look at Twitter or l- turn mm-hmm. on the radio. It's really accessible to, to anyone, but it's been a long time that sports have been around and women haven't always been in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what I, what I, one of the reasons I'm really passionate about bringing more women into sports who want to get interested in sports is giving them, like you said, more of that entree into these conversations that oftentimes go on without them because people just figure, oh, you know, this is our, we, you know, this is our thing. And then now more and more every day, more women are showing up as, you know, part of broadcasting teams. Women are succeeding as athletes on their own. And it's, it's just exciting that more people can now be a part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One, one of the things that I enjoy about your podcast is I always learn something because your podcast is a little bit different than a lot of the other sports podcasts that I listen to because it's you're not like just full of hot takes about what's going on. You're you you bring some sort of education or like look at this cool thing that just happened. Um, and some of those inspiring stories are things that you've talked about in your podcast before. I wonder if you two could talk about some of the uh, stories that you met you know that you mentioned inspiring you. Maybe give a little bit more detail about, you know, particular stories that you thought were uh, moving enough to talk about on your podcast? Mm-hmm. I'll let you go okay. first, Angela. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was going to let you go first on that one. You know, which uh, one I really liked is the, uh, is the first African bobsled team. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we did do it. Well, so that, yeah, that's um, the Nigerian uh, bobsled team. And they are actually, I think they they actually performed, uh, competed yesterday, I believe, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the Olympics. Um, that was such a great story that we had mentioned a little bit. But I personally had never watched Bob Sunday. So I was just like, oh, my gosh, there are women who look like us <laughs> who are, you know, when, when I – first heard of them, they were actually, they had like the me, and they were building their sled in their garage and they had not yet qualified to compete in, in the Olympics. And so we caught that story early and I was just so happy to even share that with our audience, you know, and so our listeners caught on to it before they qualified and then they ended up on all these great shows. <laughs> But mm-hmm. we like, 
that was one of my favorites. And we like sharing stories like that. Also, we, we look at, you know, women coaching in the NBA, which is one of my, one of my favorite topics. Um, actually, and, and have this conversation all the time about women having the opportunity to coach in the NBA and also talking about why we don't have women coaching men's college ball, even though men (laughs) can college women's college ball. Mm -hmm. So it's like that one was a great topic. Another popular one, black girls surf. So we had someone on to talk about surfing. And let me just tell you from someone who grew up, who didn't have a pool in her neighborhood and I still can't swim, but it's on my list. (laughs) It was just amazing to talk to someone about surfing and and this particular woman Rhonda she has an organization where she actually helps young brown girls black girls who are interested getting them excited about it training them and, and putting them you know out there in the water and surfing and just to see that with you know their gorgeous locks and their <laughs> their brown skin is just great for me and I'm you know my older person and I can't imagine what it would do for a young person to see that. And I, I just had no idea until I start digging into some of these topics that there are people doing things, but it's just not mainstream. We just don't know about it. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my other favorite ones and very popular. Um, should college athletes be paid? That's another great topic. That was a great one. <laughs> I love that one. And then another a popular one that we had was um, – women who actually participate in football fantasy leagues that are all women. And I was like, what? All women football fantasy leagues? How great is that? And so with Black Girls Talk Sports, we want, you know, and and we get a lot of flack for our name, but we're Black women. And we like to have conversations without mansplaining things with other women of color. And that doesn't mean that, you know, we're excluding anybody. It just means that we may focus on um, Blacks who underrepresented in other sports. We may do more education. Um, And sometimes, yes, we may be a little biased, but we want to have a platform to share this information with people who look like us and and get them excited about such as, you know, I was looking up Bubba Wallace, who's getting ready to perform, who's getting ready to compete at the Daytona 500. And he's an African-American male, you know, and, and yes, we talk to males on our show because (laughs) it's open. We talk to everybody who wants to share sports with us. And so I think sometimes people get intimidated by the name, but, Angela and I are black women and we're going to talk to anybody who wants to talk to us about sports. Right. You know, it's just happened. We just happen to have a little color in our skin, you know? <laughs> right. It's the conversation is open to any, anybody. For, for, absolutely. And to Rakea's point, we've had, had male guests, but well, I just want to answer your question as well um, about those inspiring stories that we shared. And we did do a topic on um, women in sports, um, we, we specifically talked about the, the females in women's basketball who have really made notoriety for themselves. Um, we, you, and we went by some who had 
the most wins, like Pat Summit, who was the head coach of uh, the Tennessee Lady Volunteers from uh, 74 to 2012. She's had the most wins um, of anybody in women's uh, college basketball. And she's passed away. She passed away in 2012, and she still holds that record. So that's very inspiring to me. And uh, on that show, we also talked about Tara Vandeveer, who uh, she has the six most wins in women's basketball, and she's still coaching um, at Stanford today. So she has a chance to really, you know, to advance even further than that in terms of her accolades. And to your point, Tara, we don't talk a lot about women in sports. And we spend some time talking about that. And I learned something new. I learned about women in uh, college basketball and women's college basketball that I didn't even know about. So that that's very inspiring to me because, to your point, women are making a name for themselves in sports, even more so now than ever before. Very inspiring. Awesome. I um, You mentioned before earlier about uh, 30 for 30, and I'm not sure if this is what it was, but I saw a special about Pat Summit, and I, mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was a 30 for 30. But wow, what an amazing life and what fantastic stories that there are. There, there's the legendary story about how she was in labor and was going to give birth and they were going to land in, uh, was it Virginia? It was, a, it was, they were going to land in a state where like she had a really tough uh, bas- record with her basketball team. And she was like, no, turn this plane around. I'm <laughs> not giving birth to my baby in that state. <laughs> like just oh legendary. Talk about strength. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Women are amazing, aren't they? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, let's pivot for Let's go ahead and talk some more about um, basketball, like what's going on in the league today. I mean, I think it's so exciting that you both uh, grew up around, you know, in these, you know, strong basketball communities and you both have a connection to Indiana. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. what are some of the um, storylines that you find most interesting this season in the NBA is Indiana Pacers. Uh, without Paul George, but with Victor Oladipo, one of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sore topic. <laughs> oh, really? Well, well uh, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear. No, no. I'm, not, well, anyway, I have a, <laughs> a love-hate relationship with all of my Indiana teams. Sure, sure. <laughs> but, I'm but, a Portland um, Trailblazer fan, so I'm pretty long-suffering <laughs> over here myself. <laughs> uh, but I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, congratulations to him. But <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping we have, uh, you know, we complete the season strong. That's 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 going to be my two cents on that. <laughs> Okay. Well, I said it's a sore spot because we lost Paul George, obviously. And I remember when that happened, we were like, what? What? What do you mean? (laughs) So um, also in the NBA, there's been a lot of trading going on. And uh, we actually will be talking about it in an upcoming show. So stay tuned. (laughs) But um, I think a lot of the talk is the trade right now, um, particularly with the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, you know, LeBron. Well, you may recall last year, Kyrie Irving uh, wanted to leave Cleveland, went over to Boston, and we even did a show on, um, you know, will they succeed without Gronkowski because he got hurt in in the season opener. And the Celtics have done well. The Cavs haven't done so well this season. But since the trade, I think they've set themselves up to have a a successful rest of the season. So I think it's definitely something something to watch here um, with the NBA after these trades and who the top teams will be, which typically are the Cavs, Golden State, the Celtics. So 
uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens this season in the NBA for the rest of the season. Yeah. Are you two in the camp where, where it's like, as long as LeBron James is on the team, I'm not going to count them out. I mean, <laughs> you mentioned the trades that all mm-hmm. recently happened and mm-hmm. we got to see just a little bit of how they were going to play, um, you know, before the all-star break and like reports right. are like, Oh my gosh, they're amazing again. I mean, like I said, are you uh, in the camp that as long as LeBron James is on a team, they have a good chance not yes. necessarily for me. <laughs> oh, not excellent. necessarily. I mean, King James, I mean, he's he's the best in the league he's, as yeah. far as I'm concerned right now. There's hands down. Uh, and maybe I would say as long as he's there, there's a chance. But I think with these trades, they definitely have even more of a chance. And I, my personal opinion is that that's the reason why the, all these trades occurred. Um, right. There's been rumors that, oh, you know, uh, LeBron's going to leave because he'll be a free agent. And I don't think he's going to leave. I think they, they position the team so that they can be on top and, and potentially win another championship this year. So, but I'm, de- I'm definitely a James fan. In fact, my mom, her maiden name is James. And every time he comes up on the TV, she's like, Oh yeah, that's my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of funny. <laughs> and he's, I, I, uh, my husband is from Ohio and um, I lived in Ohio for a period of time. So because of those ties, I naturally will have an affinity to, to LeBron James. Rakea, do you have any opinions on, uh, whether or not the Cleveland is going to be able to go all the way now that they've uh, revamped their roster. Well, I, I think they'll go far. I don't, I don't know yet. I, I think I'm, I'm not sure yet with the the latest trades. Um, you know, they got rid of Isaiah Thomas. Um, mm-hmm. Which they needed a, to. I think they did. Yeah, they it's did. Weird, like what happened to Isaiah Thomas in the last 12 months. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, yeah, that's very bizarre, but <laughs> So yeah, so I, I we'll have to see because I really don't know because they really just cleaned house. I mean, they got rid of they got rid of so many players, but they they've come back strong afterwards because the deadline was what February eighth. So they came back strong after the deadline. So we'll have to see. Um, I do like uh, Cleveland Ca- Cavaliers. Uh, my husband is from Cleveland, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it, you know we just kind. Yeah, I just kind of like kid him about Cleveland, but uh, <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. We we will definitely see. I I, I definitely enjoy watching them play. I think uh, LeBron James is the man, you know. So, um, you have will. You... Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just I was gonna move on and find out if you two have been watching the All Star Game or the All Star event, any of the All Star events this weekend. No, but we've had we we've been having a discussion about it in the we have a Facebook group, and so we have been having a discussion about it. I have not a lot of the women in the group have. Um, I'm hoping to maybe catch the game tonight because the the All Star game is actually tonight at eight o'clock. So yeah. I hope to catch it. <laughs> yeah, I know I've been watching the Olympics all weekend. I like yeah. totally didn't think that I was into the Olympics, and then I sat down and started watching last night, and I was like. Oh my God. This is, I mean, the thing about the winter Olympics is that like, if you don't do stuff right, they'll, the sport will kill you. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Yes. Right. So true. We were just talking about that uh, on this latest uh, recording we did, but, uh, but I, I go ahead, go ahead. I mean, there's like 
there's like blades that are 18 inch long. Mm -hmm. And like when those speed skaters crash, like how, what a miracle is it that nobody has been like cut seriously? I, or people falling and crashing falling. and breaking their yeah. heads open. And like mm -hmm. those ski jumps, I was watching those yesterday. They, they start off like jumping, like they start, the yep. point that they start off is higher than the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> we were just talking about that too. Were you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Literally th this past episode, we were talking about all that. Mm -hmm. Well, they, I mean, they, they, yeah, it's, I mean, it, well, and also, you know, media does such a good job at really tugging us in, you know, they know they how to make it relate to us, make it relatable, make us um, excited about the competitors, even if they're not, you know, from America, like we're still excited about, mm -hmm. you know, somebody from right. China, somebody from yes, the Netherlands. Right. And it's wonderful because it's like, everybody's an athlete, everybody's a competitor. And, you know, it's just like sort of, you know what they say about the Olympics and like the human spirit, the indomitable human spirit or whatever it is <laughs> they say about right. that. Right. And that's why sports is, I think it's so inspiring. So very awesome. And I watched a little bit of the slam dunk contest and my husband was like, it was really good this year. And I'm really disappointed because I, I'm kind of hit or miss. I'm sometimes interested in all-star weekend, sometimes not. Cause a lot of times it's disappointing to me, but uh, I'm going to have to go back and watch the whole slam dunk contest. <laughs> Cause that's the one that I love the most. And I will not be watching the all-star week game this weekend. Just not really interested. <laughs> yeah. And you'll hear, you'll hear I me talk about it on the podcast. It's just not but it's different this year. So, I so know, you know, Tara, it's, it's different this year. So <laughs> you have, you know, LeBron James is the team captain, and he was able to pick, you know, his the players he wanted, no matter if they were in the East or the, or the West. And then Steph Curry, <laughs> you know, is the team captain, and he was able to pick who he wanted. So I think it. it I'm I'm just curious to see how, how it plays out because they have this new format. <laughs> And you can tell me all about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm kind of curious, but probably the Olympics are gonna win out. But okay. I, I'm, 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 I'm curious about. I love all the other ancillary stories that go along with it because I think, you know, nothing is gonna change the fact about the All Star Game that nobody wants to get hurt. So no one's, you know, ever gonna play defense. Exactly. It's always gonna be a high scoring affair. That's and it's, exactly what I say. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so you pushed a nerve, Tara, but go ahead. Tara, sorry. I've talked about this on the podcast. That's the reason why I'm not interested in All-Star Weekend, because they I, they are cautious about getting hurt. They don't play with passion, and it's a snoozer. Not 99.99% of the time to me. And I don't think I don't think this year is gonna be different. I really don't. I find like the sneaker releases and like the parties and all that stuff way more interesting than the actual game, you know, because there's a lot of stuff going on down there and it seems like it would be really fun to participate in it. But the actual game itself, I don't know how exciting it's going to be, but I was thinking about it actually last night, this like this weekend right now, we're kind of at like, um, you know, the apex of athletic excellence right now, right? Because we have... The Olympics going on. We have the NBA All-Star. You all reminded me it's the Daytona 500 going on. I mean, there's so much high-level um, 
athleticism going on right now but like the difference between the olympics and the all-star game is that the all-star game they're there because of what they've already done this year and they're just kind of celebrating it whereas the olympic athletes are like competing live like they're not right like they're giving this is the week this is the week where they give it their absolute all um so yeah anyway i was just, I was just thinking about how there's sort of the same but it's it's also kind of different but I was also wondering, do you think that next year they're going to televise the draft if they're going to do it again for the All-Star game? <laughs> I would. Oh, my gosh. I love you, Tara. This is so funny because everything you're asking us, we've talked about. Oh, no. <laughs> so that's, Let's just make it a crossover episode. <laughs> remember, Pekaya, I said that. I think what would have made it more interesting if they televised when they actually picked their teammates to get reactions and things like that, that would have been more interesting to me. Uh, and maybe it, it, it's a good teaser to want to watch the game. But to answer your question, I don't know, but I think they should. I think that would be great. Yeah. It, to kind of just close out the, the sort of the all-star uh, talk. One of the other things that I really like about the all-star weekend that has absolutely nothing to do with basketball is sort of the, the access to the stars and the, the media uh, interviews and the media, the time that they spend being interviewed, talking about, you know, uh, what's on their mind. And um, what do you think about, you know, the remarks that they've been, that many NBA athletes are now making about social justice and, you know, the way that they're bringing this up, um, they're being asked questions, but they're also bringing it up on their own about kind of yep. the state of the world. Mm -hmm. I, I well, say good for them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> good for them. Um, that that's their platform, and they ha you know they have a right to share their opinion. I think um, what's not right is for you know another grown woman to tell another person to do something. You know that doesn't Shut make sense to me. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. I just read that today. Yes. <laughs> you know that that makes no sense to me. No. You know people. You know, it's okay to say what you want to say, but how is it that he's supposed to shut up and you're not? So, right. <laughs> you know, I, I just, this is uh, one of those things where when you look at the NBA or if you want to talk about the NFL, there's a large population that are African-American, they're African-American males. And this is their platform. This is, you know, and you know, when you look at history, sometimes it's effective, sometimes it's not. But I, I don't see why they they have to shut up, you know. So good for them. I hope they keep shining light on it. And and, and as LeBron said, this brings awareness to the forefront. This is why, because of the, the backlash, it's showing you who you are, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's just unfortunate people are mean about it, but... I, I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah, me too. I I couldn't agree with what Rakea said more. Um, it's a free country. We have free speech in this country, and again, um, they're using their platform to share their opinion, and a lot of people want to hear their opinion. And I think um, more people who have a platform should should share their opinion and make a difference, um, it, utilize their platform to make a difference. So I, I, I say, keep doing it and have no problem with it at all. I think it's great. 
Yeah, I like how you said uh, that a lot of people want to hear their opinions. So not only do they have a platform, but they have an audience who wants to hear what they have to say. And so to mm-hmm. like try to silence somebody when there's people who are like eager to hear what they have to say just isn't right. It's not right. right. It's just the same. Like we have a right to talk about what we want to talk about and share our opinions. And why would it be different for anybody else? You know? So. Right. Well, the last question that I want to ask you today is something we ask all of our guests. We ask if you could tell us about a woman in basketball or a woman in sports who really inspires you. So who wants to start? I'll start. <laughs> all right. So I really thought about this question. I said, oh, that's kind of a good one. And I must say Nancy Lieberman came to mind. And that's because <laughs> when you look at her her career, she has done it all. No, she's the coach. At, uh, she's the assistant coach at Sam- Sacramento. Sacra- is that correct? Yes. Yes. She has done it. All. And that's, that's one of the inspiring things because she, you know, Sacramento Kings, if people don't know <laughs> in the NBA team, I think mm-hmm. that's fabulous. And I'm like, I am so rooting for a female coach of NBA. And I think she would be the perfect person. <laughs> There's other people, yeah. but I think she would be perfect. And so I'm like, she's she's right there. So that inspires me because I'm like, she's breaking down barriers. But she's she's she was a great athlete, um, a Hall of Famer, you know, a coach. I mean, she actually she went to ODU right here in my backyard, which is nice. Um, she went to Olympics, and when you think about, you know, her mother wasn't, you know the biggest fan of her participating in sports, but that didn't let her, her, you know, fade her vision for what she wanted to do. And she did it like to the hundred, hundred degree, you know, <laughs> you know, hundred power. Um, it, uh, you know, this is my fault for trying to use math here, but <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of the word, but I just love that about women who, and I'm and I'm 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 kind of jealous because she picked basketball and she thrived in it and she grew in it. Where I'm tend to be all all over the place with my career, and I love that about people and I love that about women in general. So I, I really and I don't know if you know much about her, Tara, but I, I just I I think she's a definitely um, a woman to watch. Um, even the, even though she it's you know she's a, later in her career, I really think that she, there's more to her and and I can't wait to see what's next. Awesome. Yeah. Nancy Lieberman. She's, she's a, I remember reading an article about her a couple of years ago when Boogie was still in Sacramento and talking about what a close relationship the two of them had. I thought that was a really interesting article. I can't remember if it was in Sports Illustrated or what, but she really struck me as somebody who totally knows her stuff. And not only that, but also knows how to work with people, you know, work with athletes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and was in the WNBA, and you know mm-hmm. she's done. I mean, what else has she done? Become a coach of NBA team. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Wait for. Yes, love it. How about you, Angela? Yeah, so it's I could have picked a lot of different people, but I picked Cheryl Miller because first of all, we talked about our affinity to Indiana. I like the Indiana Pacers, and she is the brother of uh, Reggie Miller. Um, she's currently the basketball coach at Cal State LA and she used to play college basketball and she's been a sportscaster and I picked her because I I see that she's a woman who's in sports, who's done 
a lot. <laughs> I, I want to say it all, but there's just so many. So, uh, when Frakea mentioned being an NBA coach, you know, that, that to me is, is what we would say has done it all at, at, at this stage of the game. But she's uh, just inspiring. She's somebody I've watched over the years. Um, you know, you don't see a lot of women, especially back in, you know, the 90s when she was emerging in sports broadcasting, but you would see her everywhere. Um, she was a good player. In fact, she um, was drafted by uh, several professional basketball leagues, including men's leagues, to play. And that's not something you hear about every day either. So she's just all around very inspiring. She's, she's good on TV. She's funny. She's entertaining. And she's a great athlete. And um, she's just somebody I've watched over the years. And she's still in the game after all this time. So she's, she's a woman who's definitely inspired me. Well, I think the theme for this podcast today right now is inspiring <laughs> because talking to you both has been just really, uh, it's been wonderful and I really appreciate it and I'm inspired and I hope that our listeners are, I know that our listeners will be as well. So before we leave, can you tell folks how people can find and follow you and the podcast? Sure. So you could find us on our website at www.blackgirls.com. What? <laughs> Black, Black Girls Talk Sports.com. I was just going to give us a new name. Black Girls Talk Sports.com. And you can also listen on your favorite podcast app. We're on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and a bunch more. How about, uh, do you, are you both, you're both on Twitter? I am. I'm on Twitter. Rikaya Gibson is the handle. R-E-K-A-Y-A-G-I-B-S-O-N. And I you, Angela? Am, yes, I'm on Twitter. Uh, Coach underscore Spears. S-P-E-A-R-S. So that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Women's Hoops and Toss podcast. We are hosted by Blazers Edge, part of the Almighty Baller Radio Network. If you like what you heard, please go find the Blazers Edge podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and subscribe and rate and review. Um, we release new episodes of the What podcast every other Thursday. We have an email address, hoopsandtoss at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any ideas for the show or questions for us or guests you'd like to suggest, we'd love to hear them. If you just want to get notified when the What Podcast episodes are released, you can follow us on Twitter at Hoops and Talks. I'm on Twitter as at KendallBennett16, and Tara is at TCBids or TCBids or Team Mom Rip City. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical.